Hello and welcome to the latest Tech UK podcast, which this time comes to you from our cybersecurity programme. As we continue to face evolving threats and trends as new technology emerges and our lives move more and more online, our industry increasingly underpins the lives and livelihoods across the UK economy. Indeed, the Department for Digital Culture, Media and Sports recent annual cyber sector report has highlighted the continued strength of the UK cyber sector, which attracted record investment last year, despite a difficult economic backdrop in the wake of continued COVID disruption. A key finding in the report is that 54% of cyber companies are now based outside of London and the South East, which is an encouraging change and one that will improve cyber resilience across the nations and regions of the UK. And Tech UK will continue to actively partner with DCMS on this regional development through initiatives like Cyber Exchange, as government and industry continue to strengthen the UK's position as a leading cyber nation. We will, of course, also continue with our programme of events to explore, for example, cybersecurity in specific sectors and cyber exports, and to brief industry on any policy developments. And from 19th to the 23rd of April this year, we'll be hosting our annual Cyber Campaign Week to showcase how cyber technology can be used and harnessed to better protect citizens and organisations across the UK. And this is a fantastic opportunity for members to get involved with blog posts, case studies or videos centred on key themes, including skills, zero trust, supply chains and cyber enabled sectors. We'll also be using this campaign week to publish a second report in our series focusing on how people can be the strongest element of the UK's cyber defences, which brings us nicely to the focus of this episode. Today, we'll be taking a look back at our first report in the series, which was published in December 2020, the CISO at the C-suite. In particular, our guests will explore how Chief Information Security Officers, or CISOs, and their wider organisations should look to position cybersecurity as a critical business enabler. This Tech UK report tackles the important question of where the CISO role should sit in an organisation in order to be most effective in enabling and underpinning the rapid digital transformation that all organisations are adopting. It's fair to say, of course, that COVID-19 has quickened the pace of this transformation, but a key theme of our report, and something we come back to again and again really, is that robust cybersecurity must be recognised and treated as a business growth enabler in the long term and not just a technical risk to be managed for the here and now. Coming up, we'll hear about which of the report's five key recommendations really get to the crux of the issue for its key contributors, Jean-Christophe Gaillard, Managing Director of Corex Partners, and Jason Tooley from Tech UK's Membership Finance and Performance Board. But first, Tech UK's Head of Cyber, Dan Patefield, talks to them in more detail about where the CISO function should sit in a business today and how we can support the CISO to drive good cybersecurity practices into the wider organisation. Over to you, Dan. Thanks, Jill. I'm delighted to be joined by John, Christoph and Jason today. Before we jump straight into the report's findings, do you both want to just introduce yourselves, your roles and why you were keen to support this report? We'll start with you, John, Christoph. I'm JC Gaylard. I'm the Managing Director of Corex Partners and we're a boutique management consulting business, which I set up here in London about 10 years ago, we're focused on uh, assisting C-level execs with cybersecurity organization governance and uh, strategy challenges. And I also animate the Security Transformation Research Foundation, and that's a sister think tank affiliated to Corex Partners, which is aimed at uh, developing alternative narratives around cybersecurity. So my name is Jason Tooley. I'm a senior executive, senior vice president for Dynatrace in EMEA, 
previously held senior leadership roles at Citrix, Veritas, and IBM Tivoli. Uh, I'm also an advisor to the cybersecurity practice in Tech UK and have worked across many areas of the cybersecurity marketplace over the past 10, 15 years. So shall we, we'll jump straight into, into the, the conversation then. Obviously, we've developed this report looking at the, the CISO role at the C-suite. Um, but kind of taking a step back for a moment, how have you both seen the role of the CISO change in the last 12, month, 12 months due to COVID-19, but also in the slightly longer term over the last, say, five, 10 years? I think the, the role of the CISO, you need to put it in, a, in, 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 a, in a broad perspective. It's, it's been in existence for about 20 years, um, no more than that, as it happens. And um, we, we ran an interesting piece of research last year with uh, the Security Re Transformation Research Foundation. We took the last 20 um, global information security surveys from EY, and we analyzed their semantic content, just looking at the frequency of, of, of keywords, just analyzing the way we have been talking about cybersecurity over the last two decades, and of course, the way the role of the CISO has evolved across that period. And we can see very clearly two, two, two decades emerging. The first decade of the century is very much about risk and compliance, and the CISO is very much a, a, an information risk officer, an information risk manager, and the drivers are all in the risk and compliance space. And that's something I can relate to because, you know, I've been a CISO throughout that decade. I left, left my last job around 2009 as a CISO, and I can relate with that very much. Um, the second decade, when you start turning into 2010, you see the keyword markers changing. It's no longer about risk and compliance. And you see all sorts of keyword markers emerging about threats and incidents and, and cyber attacks and data breaches. And you see all that language effectively creeping up in the way we talk about cybersecurity. And that reflects entirely what I've been living as a consultant at Corex Partners throughout that decade. You know, CISOs have become firefighters. You know, in the face of a nonstop avalanche of cyber attacks, they have had to firefight all the time. And that's essentially the, 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 the way I see the evolution of the role. And I think the COVID-19 of the last uh, 12 months has just uh, accentuated that has just accelerated that, that that if you want it's a problem in the sense that there are all sorts of skills you don't develop when you are constantly firefighting technical problems and that's that that is probably something we we are going to come back come back to in this discussion and that's definitely something which is explored in the in the report so just to add to john christoph's point of view there i, I fully agree the role of CISO has evolved over a long period of time, and it, it's probably has evolved almost as much in the last six to nine months as it as it has over the previous twenty years in terms of the impact on the day to day working role and the teams that are part of that organisation. The the pressure to technically firefight problems, uh, protect the organisation is is at a higher level than than ever before, and and the increase in remote working lockdown period has, has clearly accentuated that. I think the CISO role though has changed as well in terms of it has got a higher profile than ever and you know it has, has a larger budget allocated to it than previously where, where organizations have reacted to the need to protect the data to protect from breaches and really they've done that in response to brand damage uh, very public outages 
in, in, and, and breaches in large organizations. Um, however, has the role of the CISO and the day-to-day -day working activities progressed to be a board level dialogue or to be truly engaged in terms of differentiating the business, protecting the business and being able to work with the board on those challenges? I'm not sure it has. I think if you draw the comparison with the chief digital officer role, which is a role that has, has really sprung up in the last 10 years, I think now it's readily understood that chief digital officer roles are really part of the C-suite and they're part of the board's strategy to develop the organization and develop the market, develop their capabilities in the market. I'm not sure the CISO role has progressed at the same pace or is viewed in the same way. And I think, again, this report, I think will touch on some of those challenges and some of the background to those challenges as to why that role hasn't evolved and maybe as quickly to be truly a C-level role as we would all like to see. Uh, this is exactly what I was what I was trying to get at earlier. For me, this is you're absolutely right. The, the, the CISO role has not developed in that way because the CISOs have not developed in that way themselves because they've been constantly pushed into firefighting. They've been they've not been able to get out of firefighting mode. And when you are, when you are constantly firefighting cyber attacks, you do not develop the kind of managerial skills, the kind of political acumen you need to engage in a meaningful manner with the. With, with the board. And that I think is the problem of the last decade. And that's the corner we need to turn to start either developing the role of the CISO uh, so that it does turn that corner or indeed changing the organizational model so that somehow the right type of, uh, the right type of people engage with the board on those matters. For both of you, which do you think kind of gets to the crux of the issue most easily, which is, is more significant for you? Yeah, so I think, I think for me, the one that I would pick out, although I think he, all five are equally important and are really critical to the evolution of the, the CISO role and their ability, the, the ability of people to execute that role correctly. Uh, for me, the one that, that I'd like to just comment on is, is recommendation two. I, I think there is a real need to transform the way that organizations think about cybersecurity, about the the consistent view of the importance of cybersecurity from board all the way through the organization. And I think there's a couple of key elements to, to think about there in that transformation. I think really it's very, very important to think about how do we get out of firefighting mode for the CISO and their organization and think much more strategically. Um, it's something that's been challenging to do because the, the volume of activities and challenges that they're dealing with. But I think without taking, being able to take a step back and transform, uh, focusing on the right change, focusing on the right long-term strategies, focusing on the right building of their organization, the CISOs are always gonna be challenged, being, more, being viewed in a more of a tactical light than a strategic light. I think part of that transformation is the role that cybersecurity plays and the outcomes of either good or bad cybersecurity strategies in the market. And I think, you know, there's an element of that that relates to brand and, and the trustworthiness, trustworthiness and the confidence of consumers in brand 
um, in a brand that has a, a well-regarded cybersecurity posture and strategy, and is seen to be innovating and ahead of the game in terms of thinking strategically versus tactically. So I think there's, there's an area there that is very much about how you can differentiate your organization, your services, the confidence of your consumers or, or your, your partners in what you're doing by having the right strategy around cybersecurity. But it means there has to be a transformation. Sean Christoph talked about this earlier. It's a transformation in the way that the CISO acts and operates as a leader and, and a manager rather than as a technology specialist. And I think unless that transformation takes place, the role of the CISO will not get elevated to working in collaboration with the board in the way that we think it both, both of us believe it deserves. From my perspective, this is, the, you know, the, the, the crux of the matter is, is governance, governance, and governance around all this. Uh, so my focus will be primarily, I would say, on, on recommendation number three and, and the importance of of clarity around reporting lines, around roles and responsibilities, around priorities for all stakeholders. Okay, this this is absolutely key, and to a large extent, it needs it needs to be set from from the top down, and that's fundamentally what the what what the recommendation three talks about. I really think this is the this is at the heart at the heart of the. Of 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 the, the 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 problem we're trying to solve here, uh, for the last twenty years, you know, cybersecurity has cybersecurity has been driven bottom up, from, and, and and to be honest, in many large organizations, those things simply haven't worked. I mean, large organizations have spent tens, hundreds of millions collectively on cybersecurity, if not billions, so depending how long, how far you look back, you know. And you still you still see abominable breaches week after week. Okay, um, you know, there is something there which, frankly, has not worked, and 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 I think that 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 bottom up approach is part of it. I think it's time it's time for 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 the board to an extent to set objectives at a high level to to define ownership at a high level. You know, I'm a firm advocate that somebody. Must own cybersecurity around the board, boardroom table. That one one board member must be uh, accountable, uh, you know, across the boardroom table. I'm a firm firm advocate of that, and I think you know when we say that we enter the realm of corporate governance, and I think this is uh, this is very much one of the cornerstones of the problem. You get that right, and things will uh, think things will flow. A key theme throughout our report highlights cyber as a as a business enabler. To what extent is the key for businesses in actually enabling the CISO a wider remit to do these strategy activities and, and lead the wider organization around cyber instead of focusing on as as you mentioned, firefighting and other activities? I, I think one of the requirements to for cyber to be a business enabler does come back to some of the things I said a little bit earlier about, you know, creating consumer confidence, avoiding damage to brand associated with, with cyber breaches. But I think there's also an internal requirement here as well that John Christoph briefly touched on there, and that is that 
if the CISO and cybersecurity is on a is on a strong board footing or sea level visibility, then there's the opportunity for greater collaboration between some of the key roles that are you know bringing digital services or digital strategies to market for an organization. And that means greater collaboration between, for example, the chief digital officer or the CIO and the CISO, so that cybersecurity doesn't become an afterthought um, to be inserted into and part of uh, the business strategies that are going to differentiate services that are being brought to market, but becomes a fundamental enabler for a great user experience, a secure user experience, and ensuring the, availab the availability of those services. I think that collaboration between C-level stakeholders and the visibility of that collaboration at board level then moves cybersecurity to a different footing. There's a different understanding at the board level of how important cybersecurity is, about how important the need to protect an organization's assets and services and availability of those services is. And I think there's, there's a piece of this that's about much improved collaboration between C-level stakeholders um, in the business, but also much greater visibility of the benefits and the impact of good cybersecurity versus bad cybersecurity. To me, when I hear cybersecurity as an enabler, I really think, you know, we need to go back to basics here a little bit. Cybersecurity is a natural enabler in the sense that it protects the business from real active and virulent threats. And we need to go back to those basics, okay? Those threats are out there. They target businesses constantly. This is real, okay? This is, this is not a dream. You just have to listen to the news every day. I mean, literally every week, you get a story along the, you know, you know, of another organization being breached. This is real. This is happening everywhere. Okay, so I think there is a, an increasingly a natural component in, in that cybersecurity is necessary. It's necessary to protect the business. It is a, an obvious enabler, a natural enabler, because it protects the business. Of course, it protects the business if it is implemented properly at the right levels. That, 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 that goes without saying. But I, I think over the last 10 years, we've seen you know the, the penny dropping uh, in in a, in a number of of, of boardrooms, and we you know, we hear a lot about about cybersecurity or cyber attacks becoming a matter of when, not if. And and when you say that, you start creating a very different dynamics around cybersecurity because all of a sudden it's not about risk anymore. Risk, well, you know, whether we like it or not, risk is about uncertainty, things which may or may not happen. Okay, things you can transfer, things you can you know. You, you you can you can manage or, or mitigate when you say when not if you move out of that territory and you enter you know the real more certainty you will be breached so you need to protect yourself because one day you will be it does create completely different dynamics around uh, around cybersecurity but of course it puts the CISO and and the CIO very often under tremendous pressure because now you know there is nowhere to hide now it's about execution execution and execution because only the execution of protective measures will 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 protect the business, and obviously it's also about execution under under the scrutiny of the board, 
and and under the the, the pressure of uh, an increasing level of, of threat and and there is no that no doubt that the covid crisis has made all that even worse because of course the the, the board has been under tremendous pressure to keep the business afloat and and cyber attacks have, have, have increased considerably so there is no doubt that the covid creates and accentuates a lot of those a uh, lot of those trends so, so john christoph you obviously spend a lot of time engaging and advising CISOs. so i suppose the question for you is how often is it the case that they have appropriate support from board level and, and jason if, if you'd like to come in on on the other side of that so on the boards that you sit on, how would you rate the understanding and engagement around cyber? And and really, I suppose the question is, is this getting better? For for me, to be honest, um, I when I talk to CIOs in particular, I don't hear anymore. Oh, why do we need to spend so much on cyber? Or why do we need to do this? Or why do we need to do that? I don't hear that anymore. I hear, am I spending enough? I hear. How much do I need to spend? You know, really, the, the, the language that's shifted the last 10 years, you know, that nonstop um, trend, that nonstop avalanche of cyber attacks, you know, that has changed the mindset for, for, for many people. Um, and I think for the CISO to be, to get the support they need, they need to listen to that. Okay. They need to listen to the expectations of their business. They need to, um, obviously, act on those expectations. They need to deliver. They need to execute. They need to make sure that you know they are doing what they said they would be doing. And those are the two factors I, I, which are key, in my view, to the to the, the CISO getting what they what they need from the board: uh, quality listening, faultless execution. If you get that right, you will never have any problem with the sea level you know pushing bottom up you know uh, uh, technical projects which nobody wants to do uh, which have partially failed in the past and you know if you if you stick to that technical agenda you'll get problem because people won't recognize what you're trying to achieve and you will enter into um in, in into a, the logic of the discussion you're not likely to 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 win as a CISO because you're not likely to have the, the the tools or the experience to navigate to navigate through it. So keep things simple. Listen to your business. Meet their expectations. Focus on execution. Get things done. That's how you get you get support from the board. I think money is less of a problem as it might have been in the past. Of course, COVID is creating all sorts of tensions, you know, across across industries. So of course there are organizations where budgets are going to be cut because everything is going to be cut. So security budgets are going to be cut because everything else is going to be cut. Of course, we cannot ignore that, you know, given the budget recycle we're, we're going through. But fundamentally, um, uh, fundamentally, security is resilient to, to, to that, more resilient so than, than many other, other disciplines. So keep things simple. Listen to your to your to what your your business wants to do, deliver, 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 and you'll be fine. And just um, to add a different perspective on that, Dan, as you asked, um, you know, the boards that I sit on and the, the boards that I advise, I think it's clear that, you know, there is still a lack of understanding at board level of 
cybersecurity as a practice, as a business differentiator, as a requirement. And I think, you know, one of the one of the questions I asked earlier around the fixating of the mind of boards around, you know, high profile breaches, um, unfortunately demonstrates that there does need to be an increased kind of grounding and, and knowledge at a board level of not not the whole not the discipline of cybersecurity, but the importance of cybersecurity and the role it plays in sound business operations. So I think there's absolutely um, a piece of work that, that needs to be done by, by CISO as a matter of course, um, in order to create a better understanding um, of uh, the, the practice and the, and the requirements. But I think there's another piece to add to that. I think cybersecurity needs to be viewed by the board as, as also a shared responsibility. The CISO is not responsible for cybersecurity on their own. Um, what you need to be able to see is a board thinking more holistically about cybersecurity, where the CISO is effectively the catalyst, the educator, but then just part of that shared responsibility to um, ensure that there's good good governance, good cybersecurity practice in place, and that the the necessary um, understanding of, of risk uh, and also benefit is, is well understood by the board. So I think um, grounding in a better foundation for the board in, in cybersecurity and a, a more of a shared responsibility is really critical. I think the one thing also that I see at board level um, is that as regulatory requirements are brought to bear and, and, and brought into operation, as we all saw with GDPR a few years ago, um, there is almost a little bit of a laissez-faire attitude towards regulation, um, where regulation is, is stated that it will be brought in, it will become effective in 12 months' time. Maybe the regulator states that, they, that it's not their preference to fine organizations if they don't meet the regulatory requirements. And organization's perspective on that is therefore too relaxed right and you know it, it's really important that boards are not necessarily solely driven by regulation but they understand why regulatory requirements are either good for them or good for their customers and understand what that means from a business perspective from a brand perspective from a differentiation perspective from a confidence perspective. And I think sometimes that, that necessary understanding of regulation and, and its business impact or policy and its business impact is, is, is lost on boards. And again, I think it comes back to the CISO's responsibility not to raise the temperature of the board or the concerns of the board, but to be able to talk effectively about about why it's important to be proactive and have a strategic approach to cybersecurity that encompasses the need to address policy and regulatory requirements. So those are a couple of the things that I see at board level. Obviously, we've looked at the, the board level and the C-suite first in a kind of the first of a series of reports looking at the role of the CISO and, and more broadly people and cyber. 
why have we started here, I suppose, is the question. You know, why are the board level relationships, the relationships with the CEO and the CIO, why are they so important to cover first before we dig a bit deeper into the, the role itself and what a CISO spends, spends the time in the role actually doing? For me, just to jump in and follow up on what Jason was saying and to probably start answering you, started to become a bit uncomfortable about us talking about the CISO. Because I think when you look at the discussion we've just had, you look at the expectations we're placing on, on, on the role. We're looking at someone who is, you know, credible at, um, at managing um, conversations with the board, upwards, downwards, sideways. We're looking at somebody who is, who is capable to educate. We're looking at somebody who needs to understand regulation. We're looking at somebody who's capable of thinking strategically as well as tactically, technically as well as in business terms. You know, you, you carry on piling up the various, um, the various attributes we've been talking about in relation to the role of the CISO, and you realize that those people simply don't exist. Okay? This, this is, there, there is no one who can, not one person who can do that. This is a unicorn profile which simply does not exist, or, or is so rare that, frankly, you know, it, it's not even worth looking for it. Um, so I think one thing we, we, we could continue visiting or revisiting is really how do you need to organize to deliver all this? Because that cannot be on one head. You cannot have one person, the CISO, responsible and accountable for all this. You need to think in terms of organization, in terms of team structure, in terms of governance, in terms of operating model, and distribute clear role and responsibilities across the corporate structure to deliver all this. It cannot work on, on one head. There is no one person who can be um, accountable, responsible, credible on all those aspects at the same time. So I think there is definitely something here we could continue looking into in terms of you know, how, do you, how do you build a structure which actually delivers on all the various things we've been talking about. I think that's a really good point. Um, you know, this, the, the practice of cybersecurity now encompasses so many different areas of, of specialization, technical skills, understanding of what's going on in the market around strategies such as digital identity, uh, the threat landscape itself as well. The, the need to develop a team and lead a team effectively as the, the head of cybersecurity, if you want to call it that, is, is more important than ever. And then I think building that team with the right technical skills, with the right expertise and specializations is how organizations effectively build the right capability. And maybe that's how the head of cybersecurity, to use a different, different phrase rather than CISO, um, becomes much more of a leadership role rather than maybe a technology-centric role. Um, and I think that, to me, is probably the, the evolution that we're looking for as the breadth of cybersecurity requirements expand and the, and the, the need for different skills makes it impossible, as John Christoph has, has mentioned, to find all of those skills in a single person. We come back to the fact that really the core skills of a CISO need to be in board communication, C-level collaboration of leadership as much as they need to be in technical knowledge. So that would be one kind of comment that I would, I would tack on to what John Christoph has mentioned. I think also we're going to continue to see 
um, the cybersecurity landscape and the and the requirements expanding in terms of knowledge, in terms of expertise as well. You know, I mentioned a second ago, you know, digital citizens, digital strategies requires uh, different levels and different knowledge and different areas of expertise in how an organization um, engages digital citizens, uh, executes its digital strategies, um, and does that in a very secure fashion. At the same time, there's also a lot of organizations looking at becoming more data-driven and really being on that journey. And part of becoming data-driven uh, uh, means that you have to be able to secure the data um, of your consumers, your customers, your partners, and then use that data in a very effective and yet regulatory sound and secure fashion. So these are just a couple of areas where we're going to continue to see the, the skills and expertise of the cybersecurity teams needing to, needing to expand and evolve with the market requirements. And I haven't even talked about some of the challenges associated with uh, digital services in the cloud, cloud adoption um, by organizations, which are clearly a couple of, of really key strategies. Digital, data, cloud, cybersecurity are becoming much more converged and integrated requirements. The role of the cybersecurity team and the leader of that team is going to need to evolve. And I think a lot of what we're going to be talking through in follow-up reports in the Cyber People series, but also within this, this, this Tech UK cybersecurity practice is going to start touching on some of those areas where there's a broader skill set requirement, there's different skills required, different expertise, more diverse expertise as those previously siloed strategies in technology come together and cybersecurity is going to be right at the heart of all of those. No, absolutely. And I think you've both kind of introed a few of the topic areas that we'll be covering in the, in the next next report on the function of the CISO. Um, that's actually us out of time now, but I'd just like to end by saying a, a big thank you to you both for all your contributions to this initial report and look forward to working with you both on, on future, future iterations. Thank you.